look at the embryonic beginnings of the body and the human body develops, it starts as a neural tube. So what we're looking at is the primary system to develop is the nervous system and all others are secondary. When we put the wrong environment around ourselves, when we surround ourselves with those stressors, that's when we compromise its ability. And that is just this pattern that sets up the worst case scenario in hormones, posture, and body function, energy levels, everything else. Find the person that's the expert in each individual field that, that resonates with you. Be what we call above the atlas, address your headspace. You know, really, how are you coming at your life from your state of your, your beingness, your presence, your gratitude? You are listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast. The OPP is brought to you by Natural Stacks, makers of 100% natural and open source supplements designed to help you live optimal. For more information on how to build optimal mental and physical performance into your life, keep it right here listening to the OPP or visit naturalstacks.com. Ryan Muncy is probably the smartest guy I know. Trust me, Muncy is the nutrition guy. Ryan Muncy's out there trying to make the world better for all of us. The Optimal Performance Podcast is bold, edgy, creative, entertaining, and epic. Ryan Muncy is my go-to guy. Ryan Muncy is he's the first guy I call. He's making people's lives better. Ryan Muncy's an innovator. Welcome back to the OPP, ladies and gentlemen. Fun episode for you today. We are talking about biohacking your central nervous system with Dr. Burke, a chiropractor of over 17 years who runs the wellness-based chiropractic office in Woodbridge uh, in Canada. Uh, Dr. Burke works with patients who are anywhere from one day all the way up to 90 years young. Uh, He is a board-certified member of the International Chiropractic Association and the International Chiropractor Pediatric Association, ICPA, ICA. He's a published author. He wrote the book, Back to Life, a book about getting your life back while getting your health back. We are giving away two copies of that book today, uh, this week. All you have to do to be entered to win autographed copies of Dr. Burke's book is share this episode of the OPP. It can be on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you feel most comfortable uh, sharing or wherever you live in your social media world, share the OPP this episode, tag at Natural Stacks, tag at Ryan Muncy, uh, add the underscore after that if it's on Instagram. Uh, If we don't know you shared it, it's hard for us to choose you as a winner. So make sure we know you shared it. We will choose two winners next week and we'll get you autographed copies of Dr. Burke's book as a thank you for helping us promote the show and share the show. That is how we reach more and new people every week. That's how our reach expands. That's how we get more people to uh, have access to this information that increases our health and optimizes our quality of life. That's what we're after here. Um, When we appreciate you guys helping us do that, we appreciate you being here. Next, go to naturalstacks.com. You will be able to find the links and resources that we mentioned in this show on the blog post. There will be a lot of studies that we talk about. Uh, Naturally, as we get into chiropractic, there will be some people who have uh, skepticism and doubts. I do ask Dr. Burke about some of the uh, skepticism promoted or or presented uh, on the Joe Rogan podcast recently. 
Uh, personally, I have had positive results with chiropractic in my life. So has Dr. Burke. That's one of the reasons he became a chiropractor. So uh, it was sort of important to me to kind of get that side of the story out there for you guys. I've always had an affinity for the nervous system. As we talk about on the show, one of the things that I mention on the show is how we can activate our nervous system to help us lift more weights in the weight room. That was my first uh, ex experience with the power of the nervous system. Uh, I talk about something in this show called super maximal holds, and I outline what that is, but on the blog post for this, I'll have a link for you guys to pursue that a little bit more if you want to incorporate those holds into your training in the weight room so that you can instantly, as in like use it today, lift more weights today. Um, That'll be on the show notes as well. Naturalstacks.com for that. Finally, go to iTunes. Leave us a five-star review, please. Uh, they really do help us. And when we read your review on the air, we will hook you up with free Natural Stacks care packages as a thank you. Today, we've got one from Joel Smith, 214. Joel says, my favorite my current favorite podcast, five stars. This is my current favorite podcast. Episodes are novel, cutting edge, and timely. I've been a fan of holistic health, psychology, and well-being for the last five years, and I haven't found anything that ties it all together better than what Ryan is doing with this show, and I learn something valuable every episode. Keep up the good work. Joel, that means the world to me. Thank you for the, the kind words. Thank you for taking the time to write that review. Email me, ryan at naturalstacks.com, and we will get you a care package. Like I said, fun show. Share this episode. Tag me and at Natural Stacks on social media. Uh, we'll get you an autographed copy or you'll be entered to win an autographed copy of Dr. Burke's book. I'm going to stop talking. You guys enjoy the show. Thanks for being here on the OPP. Dr. Burke, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Ryan. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm a big fan of your products and uh, your podcast, especially. Well, I've been looking forward to this one since we first connected. Uh, you know, we, we discussed a show where we talked about biohacking the nervous system. And my affinity for the nervous system goes way back to when I first started lifting. I used to read articles about how we could, uh, you know, do things to trick our nervous system and amp it up and be able to instantly lift more weights. And, and I've always sort of known how the nervous system is crucial to everything we want to do. Um, you know, you and I were kind of discussing this before we hit record, you know, as it goes, so goes everything else. Talk to us a little bit about how the CNS impacts everything else. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, you know, if we look to, I'm kind of take you back a little bit, but if we look at the embryonic beginnings of the body and the human body develops, it starts as a neural tube. So what we're looking at is the primary system to develop is the nervous system and all others are secondary. So if we look to that as being the way it developed, it goes to say that's going to be how it functions. So the brain and nervous system, especially your central nervous system, is your interface to the world. It's your electrical system. It's your input system. It's your output system. And it has to function at its optimum for you to be able to deal with your environment and the stressors we place on ourselves. So it's kind of a, a lump sum summary there, but how we interact with our world and what stresses we put on ourselves is the biggest problem in our modern day society that lead to either an incline in health or a decline in health and function. All right. There's a lot to unpack there. Um, you mentioned sort of how important it is for it to be functioning at its peak. What sort of things would negatively impact central nervous system function? 
Yeah, and that's that's the that's the gist of it. I mean, there's in chiropractic we have a philosophy and a belief that the body has its own innate intelligence. It has its ability to counteract stresses, and there is really three primary types of those stresses. So if we look to physical stressors, emotional stressors, and chemical stressors as the foundation of a vast majority of the types of stresses we in, interact with on a daily basis, we could look at each of those in a situation of physical whether it's a trauma, whether it's day-to-day repetitive strains you place on ourselves in our workplace and our, our, even in our exercise activities. It doesn't mean all things are positive. There can be negative effects, especially on posture. And as secondary, the emotional. So that goes needless to say, you know, whether we have negative thought patterns or we have stresses that are placed on us from our work, our home and environment. Nowadays, I mean, even fear of missing out, you want to call it, can be a stressor. So that's the emotional side of things. And thirdly, the chemical and, you know, things that Natural Stacks helps with, supplementation, uh, what we eat, what we put into our bodies, and negatively or positively, as well as the, the chemical environment, the pollutions and toxins that we can absorb, can be the three types of stresses that affect our nervous system. Because chicken or the egg, you know, that's going back into how our body is functioning through the nervous system being the one that deals with those. Yeah. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. Uh, One of the things that, uh, that I've kind of come across um, preparing for for our conversation today, uh, the the Windsor autopsy studies, I want to get you to kind of talk about those now, because you just mentioned that sort of chicken or the egg thing. Tell, tell our audience a little bit about how, uh, those autopsy studies try to dispel the thought process or the theory that uh, organ function was linked to the spine. Yeah, right. That's a great example. That's a study done at uh, the University in, in Pennsylvania, of Pennsylvania. And Dr. Windsor, hence named the Windsor Autopsies, was looking to see what, how do chiropractors get the results that they're getting without drugs or surgeries and, you know, to dispel it or to prove that it wasn't the case, they took uh, basically a hundred cadavers and they've known the cause of death in those organs that were diseased at 220 roughly diseased organs were related to it. So was there a correlation? Was the spine showing anything that was matching the situation? And it was nearly a hundred percent correlation. So what we're seeing is if the diseased organ is traced back to the spine, that exact area of the spine showed dysfunction. So you can open up another whole situation of research based on that, that if those organs are dysfunctional, why is the spine so important in the connection that can lead to either disease or health of that organ being compromised? Um, you know, the foundations that, that are now doing research on organ function are basically using that as their, you know, the earliest functional studies on this concept as well as immune system and other things that we can get into is directly linked. So heart disease, all 20 of those uh, with heart disease showed a direct link at the spine, lung disease, stomach disease, you name it. It didn't have to be back pain or neck pain. Okay. So I guess for skeptics or doubters, walk us through how the spine can actually impact those organ functions. Right. So, you know, if we look back to the spine as being compromised as 
basically the nervous system needs to be open and communicating. So when we look at the brain and the spinal cord as our central nervous system, at any level of that spine, there are direct links to specific organs. So if we're looking at the T1 to T5 area and we have the heart, you know, postural distortions, devices that we're looking at, people being on daily, everything is starting to distort that. And, you know, really, like if you look at that situation of a, a nursery home posture, those organs that are in that direct area are going to be affected at a gross level as well as a specific level of the spine. And each spine has to be open in that when it's not open, when it's misaligned, is called subluxation. So that's generally the biggest term that we, uh, as chiropractors, would use as that situation of not dislocation of the spine, but a, a misalignment called subluxation. Okay, so, so, so I know uh, before we hit record, we were talking about some of the stuff on the Joe Rogan podcast, and, and I did watch this to, to see you know, what he was saying as he was sort of uh, ranting against chiropractic work. And one of his guests was, was a... A doctor who claimed chiropractors misuse the word subluxation. And she was saying that in medical um, terminology, a dislocation is, you know, like your, your, to, to say, like, let's look at your shoulder joint for an example, like that the head of the humerus would come completely out of the socket. That would be a dislocation. If it was only partially out, that would be a subluxation. She was saying that as a medical doctor, she did not like the way chiropractors use that word subluxation i mean where's the logic in that if you take the idea that it can happen in the shoulder why couldn't it happen at the spinal level at the facet joints you know those joints are uh encapsulated cartilaginous as well as bones and so when those joints misalign they're not dislocating but the stresses that are placed on them like we talked about can be the causes of rotational distress through a bunch of reflexes that we can get into if we want to get into neurology, but it's mainly about just how that, why could that not happen? Right. Where's the right. And, and I think, I mean, for, for the sake of our listeners, you've had one of the reasons that you got into chiropractic work was that you, know, you were involved in a car accident. You had incredible um, life-changing results with physiotherapies, uh, chiropractic, especially, um, I have had very positive results uh, with chiropractic work in my past. Um, I've also had negative, but in, in my experience, to me, that's like getting a bad haircut and mm-hmm. saying that you can't say all haircuts are bad. You just had a bad barber um, or we could apply that to CrossFit or, or any other thing where, you know, it's only as good as the person wielding that technology. So if I go to CrossFit and I get hurt because it's a shitty coach and shitty programming, it doesn't mean CrossFit's bad. It just means it was a bad place or I was doing the wrong thing for where I am for my current level of development. Uh, with my experience yeah. with, with chiropractic, the way that that was sort of explained to me, the, the whole subluxation thing was that you, know, you have this sort of disc that, that is almost kind of like a gel uh, between the vertebrae. And if it's coming out, if it's extruding a little bit, then it can be impinging on a nerve. And then everything that that nerve innervates downstream is influenced or or impacted. Is that correct? Well, that's the concept. I mean, pain can be part of this situation. I mean, of course, there are certain nerves that go to certain muscles or sensory fibers that would give you pain. But it is the concept that that nerve is being, uh, it's affected. It's not going to function at its optimal level. 
So when we see that as pain, when we see that as organ dysfunction, whatever you want to call it, we go back to that as the spine being affected. So motion, reduction, decreased joint sense, there's so many things that happen from that in the sense of movements and feelings and function. Okay, right. I, and I guess, I, I think it's, for, for some people, it, it may be easier to sort of understand that, um, you know, like if, if you're talking about maybe a subluxation or a disc issue at, say, like in the lower portions of the spine, somewhere in the lumbar region or uh, the SI joint where, you know, maybe somebody is familiar with, uh, you know, some kind of shooting leg pain or something and, you know, you get healing or you get, uh, you restore proper function of the spine in that area and you have uh, mitigation of that dis-ease in your uh, physical um, ability to, to locomote or, or express what it is that you're you know, trying to do as a human. Maybe you can, you can now squat again, or you can, uh, you can jump, you can run, whatever. It, it, I think in my head, you know, if, if it's that easy to sort of understand and, and accept with something like that, why is it so hard to, to correlate that or translate that to uh, something higher in the spine where that nerve, instead of innervating, you know, your, your leg, it now innervates the spleen or the kidneys or something else? Yeah, exactly, Brian. I mean, this is what is the most simplest, you know, usually the simplest answer is the right answer. So when we look to complicate things, when we complicate the understanding of the body and we, we, we come from a place of either we believe it's meant to be healthy and it has everything that is designed to give it health, or we believe it's weak and it needs outside help. There's a different philosophy there, right? So it's, it's very logical and you have the right thought process there that to take it from one understanding and that can translate into an other understanding, it's very, very true that that's possible. So when you open your mind to the possibilities and you keep your mind open to the situation that the human body is perfect, it's developed over generations and generations to be health, healthy and given the right environment, we are going to thrive, right? So when we put the wrong environment around ourselves, when we surround ourselves with those stressors, that's when we compromise its abilities. So it can function best when it's given the, the best of all the variety of things it needs. So, you know, really what it comes down to, and you're correct about the actually nuts and bolts of it when we look at the disc and we look at the bones, but really what it is, it's about movement and what we call proprioception, you know, joint sense perception. Ultimately, the spine has the most concentration of receptors in those in, at the disc level, at the facet level, and those receptors are the ones that input to your brain and allow your brain to function at its optimal level. So that input goes to, if we're getting technical, it gets to the cerebellum, and then it's through the thalamus that it's given cortex function, the cortex, which is memory, concentration, visual, hearing, all of those connections come off the cerebellum input. So if we have subluxation, if we have reduced input to those levels, would it make sense that your, your function is going to decline? Right, right. Uh, right. For people, yeah, for people who may not know exactly, you know, the anatomy of the spine. You mentioned the uh, discs and, and vertebrae and facet. What is a facet? Oh, so facet's the part of the joint that basically allows for flexion, extension, or some rotation. It's the it's the, the face. One faces the other. So the face, the facets, are joints that, as the discs and spine are 
connecting, those are the ones that allow the two, one above and one below to interact. It's, it's basically a way that those move and have strength and flexibility at the same time. And then gotcha. you have the disc, you have the body, right? So when we hear about people with fusions, uh, typically that's the area that's compromised and you're actually fusing the, the two uh, neighboring vertebrae together uh, to, right. you would eliminate movement, but you increase stability. Yes, so you would eliminate movement and thus input to the brain from that area, like we're talking about receptions, but it is, that's the concept, is to stop it from degeneration. Okay. But if it's not corrected at the cause of that, that's why it's needed. Right, right, okay. Um, so let's, you, you mentioned you had some studies uh, showing, linking um, improved spine health to, uh, or nervous system health to improved immune function. Right. So, you know, if we go back to that concept, as I was saying, the input to the brain, uh, what some of the latest research regarding increased brain function and immune function, as well as even physical function have shown, uh, Dr. Heidi Havick is a, is a great doctor out of uh, New Zealand. So she's done at the Center for Chiropractic Research. She has a team that's putting together peer-reviewed research. So, I mean, this is what the skeptics are always hounding. It's, you know, where is the peer-reviewed studies? And you know, what they're proving is that chiropractic adjustments do improve that brain-body connection, especially the prefrontal cortex. And, you know, the definite concrete proof is in studies that are basically using muscle strength. So your listeners are inclined to train and do all these kind of concepts. When we talk about studies like a single session of chiropractic adjustment had a benefit of three weeks of strength training in comparative groups, you know, that's a profound difference. That's what great study she's done. She's done another study where they took Olympic level athletes. So we're talking not just lay persons. And they had a 6% strength increase in one session. And obviously that's a profound difference for an Olympic athlete. So, you know, that's the basics of, of what some of the research is showing. Old research in the sense of the immune system was done by another medical doctor, Dr. Perot. And what he was doing was to study those groups that were being adjusted with chiropractic care and those that weren't. And in a, a three-year study, he found that there was a 200% immune competence, increased immune function in the chiropractic group versus those that weren't. And a 400% greater immune system with those with those compared to those with cancer and other serious diseases. So based on T cell counts and things like that. So what we're seeing is, you know, it's there's a direct link between that nervous system functioning optimally or better and the effect it has on all of those muscle strength, uh, immune function and brain function at the cortical level. Let's go back to that first one. You said, uh, I think that was the one that was untrained people uh, right before you talked about the Olympians that one, sure. one chiropractic treatment, had the same benefit as three weeks of uh, working out. What what is lumped into that um, that classification as you know three weeks of working out or or, or benefit? Like what what benefits were seen? So I, mean, I don't have yeah exact figures with me as far as how much what the percent what the exact muscle like what was tested, but I know it was a show of increased muscle strength at the level of leg extensions and and specific muscle strength testing. Okay, so so they yeah. saw they saw improvements in strength. 
That's right. That's the main main discussion was that in three weeks, there was a, if we take the baseline and we look at three weeks later, what were the gains in muscle strength versus those that were either being adjusted and versus or and not getting adjusted? Gotcha. Okay. So, so yeah. people who trained for three weeks without the adjustment made the same strength gains as people who got adjusted once. One session of adjustment versus right. three weeks of strengthening. Right. right. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, and, yeah. and that, that makes sense. If I mean, if you guys want to, uh, I'll break it down for you right now briefly, but go back and listen to the episode from last week, actually. Um, it was with Scott Dolly, uh, I believe, mm. episode 130, where we talked about the exact neural sequencing for muscular contractions, where it goes from cerebellum to motor cortex. You are telling motor units to be recruited, and it's those motor units uh, that, that are responsible for muscle contractions. So there, there's no such thing as muscle memory. Uh, muscles don't have that capacity. It's all neural. Uh, they're neural pathways. It's neural wiring. The more neural units you can get to fire, the more muscle muscles will fire more more uh, potential for force in your contraction um, so it makes sense that if you do something to increase neural communications or open up neural pathways that you could see greater strength output yeah that's exactly i, I i'm in complete agreement with that that's exactly what we're saying here is that you know, muscle function is based on neuro neurological firing. And if that neurological firing is compromised, you know, right. what's best to do is to remove that. So here's, yeah. this, is, this is what, one of the things that really, really drew me to the nervous system when I was involved with bodybuilding and powerlifting and all that early in my career. And, and one of the reasons that, that I still have an affinity for the nervous system. So you guys tr go try this the next time you go to the weight room. This is, uh, there's something called supramaximal holds. And this is nothing new. It's been used for years and years by power athletes, strength athletes. Uh, the concept is that you hold a weight that is heavier than 100% of your max. Um, now, do this with a spotter. Do it safely. Um, do it in a power rack with the safety bar set up. Um, you can do it with a squat. You can do it with a deadlift, bench press. Um, let's use a, let's say a, a, a bench press as an example. Uh, set pins in a power rack at basically just under full lockout, have a spotter help you um, unrack the bar and you're basically just going to move it up about an inch and you're just going to hold it on your own. So you're holding, let's say if your max is 200 pounds, you're holding 205 or 210, 220 something, uh, hold that for five or 10 seconds and you are activating as much of your motor units and, and as many of your motor muscle fibers as you can. Uh, Re-rack the weight, remove the safety pins, um, obviously there's, there's a whole lot of warm up involved with this and, you know, making sure you're prepared to handle that kind of weight. Um, but that is actually a way that, that a lot of people can go in and, and hit a new bench press max or squat max on a given day, or, or you can go down to a weight that's, you know, 80, 90% of what you could normally do. And you can get more reps than you've gotten previously with that weight. And it's because you have more neural activation, uh, and that's going to help recruit more motor fibers. So. Uh, or muscle yeah, fibers. that's awesome. I, 
that that's completely in, in line with the nervous system function. Yeah, the more you stimulate that nervous system, the more you're reprogramming it, the more it recognizes the new baseline and, and you take it to the next level. Yeah, and I will say, uh, there, there, I, I used to write programming for people based on that. Uh, you can definitely overuse it. Be careful with that. Uh, don't do it more than once a week or twice a week. And definitely uh, one of the mistakes I made early in my training career was uh, trying to do that nervous system uh hyper activation way too much um you know that's one of the reasons people love pre-workouts uh, it's also mm -hmm. one of the reasons people get themselves into trouble taking you know super rhino blast 3000 and then going to the gym and they dig themselves a hole uh deeper than they can recover from so uh but we'll, we'll digress on all the the training stuff let's go back dr burke let's talk about balancing parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system since that's sort of where we're at right now with this what happens when we lose that balance so ultimately that's that's what stress does to us i mean when we look at the way that stress affects our body and our nervous system is that when we go into stress when we get more and more stressed out in our lives through the three types of stress we discussed our body's going to go into more of a sympathetic dominance and that is just this pattern that sets up the worst case scenario in hormones, posture, and body function, energy levels, everything else. Because our body is, of course, where it's meant to go into fight or flight at times when we were running from tigers or even in a stressful environment in the modern day. But it's not supposed to stay that way. So what we're getting is as we get into sympathetic dominance, we'll see that posture you know, start coming forward and declining. We're going to start feeling more fatigued, we're going to feel more irritable, our cortisol levels rise, our muscle strengths go down, our muscles deplete. And so what we need to do is find the most effective way to hack that. And nothing comes across to me better than the situation of balancing that nervous system. And if we look to the neurology of it, our parasympathetics are really the top and bottom of our spine, and our middle spine is our sympathetics. And chiropractors, whether whatever technique we're using, our primary focus is to balance that nervous system through those two primary areas and the tertiary area being left to balance. So what I mean by that is our adjustments tend to focus on the upper cervical spine, the top, whereas the most concentration of nerve fibers closest to the brain stem and allows the brain upwards and the body below to open up. And then secondary would be the pelvis and the sacrum being the second most important area in balancing those two nervous systems. So really that's what it comes down to is to tr achieve true wellness and, ach and achieve a balanced nervous system. We have to find things that do uh, the balancing act is to create sympathetic and parasympathetic balance. Okay. How long after an adjustment do those benefits continue? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, everybody's an individual. So, you know, the immediate effect is there and depending on what they do to themselves, right? Like how, what kind of stresses they live in, what kind of environment, what kind of food, what kind of uh, physical stresses they've been through and are going through are going to determine how that works, right? So, you know, really when someone comes to a chiropractor, we're going to take a history, we're going to go through a consultation, we're going to find out what they do on a daily basis. We're going to go through testing, we're going to go through thermography, range of motion, digital emotion, x-rays, whatever needs to be to find how much instability or how poor their spinal health is to begin with or good it is to determine a plan of action to get them back to full health in their spine. So at that point, 
when they are better, it goes to say it makes sense to keep them into, you know, just like a healthy habit, you're going to maintain that. Some people are once a month, once a week. So I hope that answers the question, but it can really vary until they get their spine health back to where it should be. Right. Well, and one of the things that you and I previously discussed was sort of the the holistic approach that you bring to your practice. And I mean, I think one of the things that you and I see eye to eye on is that you know, any any modality that's not approaching wellness with that holistic view is is missing something. What are some of the non-chiropractic ways that you're helping your patients spend more time in that parasympathetic state or, or sort of achieve balance in that area? Yeah, you know, I, I don't like to be a jack-of-all-trades, Ryan, but I do like to give people some of the basics that they need. So, you know, my primary focus in my practice, it starts with that, the nervous system. But what we do is we do give them some information. We give them tools that enhance that, and whether it's through nutrition and your products I'm a big fan of. So we carry a good amount of your products that we, we give information to patients if they choose to. Otherwise, we do have vibration therapy in our office. So I find that to stimulate post-adjustment, the nervous system, and the amount of mechanoreceptor inputs, and the variety of benefits that vibration has on the health of an individual, it's the most you know, concise and quickest way to input uh, circulation, lymphatics, muscles increasing tone and posture muscles and a whole combination of things can be done right on the spot there. And and from there we have laser therapy, which we use is to heal scar tissue, decompression tables that help mechanically reduce the discs that are gone too far. So there's a time and place for things. And, you know, I think we were talking about that as well as, you know, you want to do things that either build your health or if there's a fire, you need to, you know, medically, you know, whether it's medications and things like that, put the fire out, go to the fireman, but then you don't get the fireman to keep either coming back and splashing water on you over and over again once the fire's out or you don't get them to build your house, right? So we give them the tools, we give them the foundation, and then they go out and, and either through exercise and other things create a team around yourself. That's what I really like to say is that find the person that's the expert in each individual field that that resonates with you. Use those tools. Coaching is very important in all aspects of our lives. So, you know, there's there's no way to be a jack of all trades. Right. No, that's a great answer. Um, and, and I love that uh, firefighters put out fires. They don't build houses analogy. Mm, yeah. So, yeah, it's, you know, we like to keep things simple, but it, it's logical. That's what matters most. Right. So let's talk about nerve regeneration. So um, kind of going back to what we talked about with that subluxation visual, and we see a lot of people, whether they are athletes or elderly people, whether it, it could be, you know, a chronic thing that over time builds up, it can be an acute thing where, you know, you've got this impingement that leads to, uh, you know, if it's not addressed, it's going to lead to uh, atrophy of the muscles. Um, you get, you know, nerve damage that, I mean, we know nerves take, or well, you and I do, maybe our listeners do or don't, but but it's, I guess it's important to communicate to our listeners, you know, how important it is to sort of try to prevent that nerve degeneration because of how long it takes to regenerate it. Right. I mean, that's the idea. You know, it's easier. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Um, when we look at this as a situation of 
from the fundamental concept of subluxation as chiropractors, really it comes down to lack of movement and what that translates to at the spinal level, the posture level, the activity level. Those are the three major things. I mean, we're getting overall distortions through, especially like uh, the stat I heard the other day was that the average high school student, the child, the kids nowadays are spending 5,000 hours a year on devices. I mean, you got to look at what that's doing to the development of their posture, the development of their spine at that most important stage before they're 18, 21, the spine. It's going to translate to just profound health effects. And, you know, if we reverse those lack of movements at the spinal level through chiropractic adjustments, posture levels, I mean, getting either getting them to obviously less time on those devices, but, you know, we're talking about correcting posture, strengthening posture. And then the third thing comes down to lack of exercise and movement. So activity in a gross fashion is going to is going to create more input to the brain at that, those receptor receptors, the mechanoreceptors I was talking about, and therefore higher brain function stimulates neural regeneration. We're talking about neuroplasticity is when there's more input to the system. Um, so you know when we're looking at atrophy, when we're looking at those concepts. Yes, that's a physical atrophy. Those are obvious, but it's really the brain and, and how the brain function deteriorates based on these concepts that it's most important. You know, like if posture is determined as being obvious when we look at someone who has a situation of a neurological degenerative disease, like, like Parkinson's, for example, you're going to see that posture that's really rigid. It's going to be compressed. And, you know, so the brain dysfunction came first and then the posture followed. But what's not to say that it can happen in the reverse. If the brain and the posture is distorted first through these 5,000 hours on devices, why wouldn't the brain function decline with that as well? Right. So there's so many levels of the central and peripheral nervous system that are atrophying because of this, this dangerous situation. Right. Okay. Um, so I, let's, let's say if someone does have nerve damage or, or maybe somebody's having surgery, um, even on a, like a non-spine related issue, uh, and, and you know, there's going to be some nerve regeneration that has to happen post-operation, are there any tips that you have or, or anything that you've seen in your time in, in your career that can help increase the rate at which we regenerate nerves? You know, it does come down to uh, function. So what I mean by that is, of course, there is limitations of matter. When their nervous system has been under stress for longer extended periods of time, there comes a time where it becomes difficult to reverse without outside help. So when we're talking about atrophy, there is a limitation of how far, when it's too far gone. But when it's caught at time that it's still worked on, it's still possible to work on and reverse things, you know, strength training, you know better than I do, uh, movement, vibration therapies, laser therapies, things that help reduce inflammation at that nervous system level, whether it's at the spinal root or the extensor, extending a peripheral nerve, uh, can help with tissue regeneration and healing. So it's, you know, the fundamental thing is inflammation through diet, through external activities, through external devices like low intensity laser therapy is one of the best things that I've come across. Uh, it, it, it just depends on the individual and where they're at at that point. Okay. Now, a couple yeah. of questions on some of those modalities. When you say vibration, I'm envisioning like the bulletproof vibe. Is that what you're talking about? Something like that? 
Right, if we get into just that specific brand. But yeah, 30 hertz vibration, standing on a vibration platform, there's a variety of brands out there. But yes, I definitely am I'm speaking about uh, a whole body vibration plates. Let's okay. get more specific about Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, you know, it's 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 neurological, it's muscular, it's it's bone enhancing. It, it's It's been around, it's research-based, and just the biggest bang for your buck when it comes to the amount of physical benefit. I have one at home. I get on there first thing in the morning and my brain is on, my body's on. Uh, it's, it's awesome. So that's something that I definitely recommend. Okay. And then you mentioned low intensity laser therapy. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Again, you know, one of these things that has been around for decades at this point, laser therapy, low intensity laser therapy means that it's at a, at a level that's going to enhance tissue regeneration. It's going to heal the body and help put input and a direct amount of uh, light into that area. That's the right wavelength for healing. So, uh, you know, it can affect, of course, there's lasers for surgery and these are different types of lasers that it's just helping, uh, regenerate tissue. It's been shown to regenerate cartilage and many other effects. So, uh, yeah, you have to find the right one, but definitely there's some good brands out there that heal, uh, in a, in a quicker sense. As you know, about light therapy is becoming right. uh, more and more. Yeah. It's becoming more and more popular. So, uh, infrared, just red LEDs and, and low intensity laser therapy. Yeah. So what is the optimal frequency for tissue healing with, with those, uh, lasers? I don't have that off the top of my head, Ryan. I just don't have okay. that with me. Yeah. Okay. So it's not, it's not something where you're dialing it up on the laser. It's just that particular laser operates at that frequency. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, we have a laser just to give you the exact idea. It's a, it, it's based on tissues and based on uh, what tissue we're putting it on that it will, it will send the input at the right amount. So I apologize. I don't have, I'm not that trained on the laser specifically. It's again, a secondary modality in my office, but right. that, that the tissue healing effects are what I look for. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I, I know from having talked to, a, 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 we had Dr. Raleigh Duncan on the show. It's been over a year ago, but he was, uh, he's a sauna expert and, and we talked right. about near infrared, mid and far infrared and how the, the different wavelengths uh, and frequencies impact how deep that light can travel and of course you know the the one that doesn't travel as deep is more for surface like skin healing and rejuvenation the one that can get the deepest is more for like detoxification and things like that so that that's really all i was trying to kind of get to with yeah yeah that's a concept of course based on tissue density and what tissue it is of course determines the amount of uh, light intensity you want to use because of course not no damaging effects should be it should be minimized right Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, so let's talk about your book for a few minutes. Um, the, as we mentioned on the top of the show, um, or, or I did in the intro, we'll talk about it again, but, um, we're going to give away two copies of your book back to life, getting your life back while getting your health back. Um, all you guys as listeners have to do to be entered is share this episode on social media tag us so that we know you shared it. Um, and we'll pick two winners next week and we'll get two books, one book emailed to each of you guys will be autographed by Dr. Burke. Um, the book, uh, back to life. What else is in there that we haven't covered? 
you know, really the book came out of a necessity in my practice. I mean, as you asked me, you know, what do I do in this practice besides just the basic chiropractic? That became the challenge, you know. So for me to create a handbook is the idea that simplified these concepts that we've discussed from chiropractic through the modalities, through the different vibrations and things that we use in the office, as well as nutritionally giving them the basics that they, you know, everybody should really understand that not to overcomplicate things is the concept that I really was trying to get across here. So uh, I think we've touched on the majority of things here. The spinal decompression was the other one that we do in the office. I mean, again, that's for specifics of low back pain, and uh, it's mechanically separating the disc level to create uh, a vacuuming effect of the disc injuries or pre-herniation bulges that we can help pull back. But uh, yeah, you know, so the last concept would be chiropractic and the benefits to uh, pregnancy and the pediatric in, uh, community. So how we help children, how we help uh, you know, the women as they go through the pregnancy and, and creating a healthy uh, pregnancy delivery and, and recovery. You mentioned um, that sort of mechanical decompression of the spine. Um, you know, inversion is something that uh, for a while I think was, was pretty popular uh, in the biohacking world. Is that something that can also be achieved by maybe just hanging on a pull-up bar? How is that different? I love that concept. I mean, I definitely do that myself on a daily basis. There is, you know, different things involved when it comes to someone with a disc injury or a herniation that, of course, first is cause correction. So, again, getting to a chiropractor that's trained on alignment through uh, the pelvis and each subluxation level is the primary thing first. You have to get things moving at that individual level for it to work. So, yes, you should do that, but of course, getting the cause corrected and then that enhances the result that you're going to get. Decompression is obviously more advanced where you're putting in, uh, inputting how much poundage is going to pull on that disc. It's going to go through a, a series of ramping up and ramping back down. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, of course, with anybody who's injured and is delicate, we're not going to suggest they just go and just do a gross hanging right, uh, right i would right. know so it, it's a time and place situation but in a preventative way yes hanging uh, i like lying on a, a, a exercise ball backwards so you've got a yeah. curving effect and you've got a disc decompression effect uh so there's multiple ways to do that but definitely it's 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 part of the program okay awesome those are great yeah. tips great tips mm. um let me do, oops, sorry. I just clicked out of something. I had my questions here. Um, we talked physiotherapies. We talked about that. Um, I, I, oh, yeah, I know the other thing I was going to ask you. You mentioned um, in our previous conversations about using serotonin and dopamine brain foods. How are you using those both personally and in your practice? Yeah, you know, like I said at the top, I, I love your products. Um, you know, if there's any chiropractors listening, professionals listening, dentists, whatever, you know, you want to have, for me, it used to be a situation of brain fog. So, you know, I was, I was not even 40 yet, but basically I was finding my mental clarity, my energies, mentally energies were just declining. And especially in the mornings, I'd be here early and I just wanted to be more on point. I just found that like it wasn't there as it used to be. And, uh, in the research, first product that brought me to you was Siltep, and then getting into dopamine was the next level for me. It really uh, was something that, through a few things that I do, if you want to get into that, but uh, intermittent fasting, the Bulletproof coffee in the morning, 
and your products, specifically the dopamine, mycomind, siltep, they turn me, my brain on in the morning and I'm full steam ahead. Mm-hmm. So it matters to me because I'm here for my patients. And when I'm not here enough for my patients, it really bothers me. So for me to be able to serve others, to help others and be there for them, outward focused, I got to have that mental energy, that power that I need to function at my best. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard to describe the results beyond just experiencing them. Uh, When it comes to my patients, help me out with this question that I have for you. Based on uh, Dr. Gray, uh, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Yeah. You know, hearing him and talking about serotonin is usually a, a more of a female deficiency and dopamine is usually what us men are going through. I've been recommending those products based on that thought process of dopamine for the guys, serotonin for the women. Tell me what your thoughts are on that. Ooh. Well, I, there's no way that I've seen uh, as many patients as, as Dr. Gray has. Uh, and I just, yeah. I'm, I'm not a doctor, so I don't even see patients. Uh, all I have, mm-hmm. are, you know, kind of anecdotes and, and conversations. Um, when, when I'm looking at my own neurotransmitters, uh, I think there are a few different ways that we can do that. Um, there's one subjective paper test, and that is the Braverman test. We have the urine neurotransmitter test and then a blood neuro, uh, neurotransmitter test. There's a lot of argument and debate over the effectiveness or accuracy of the urine neurotransmitter test. Uh, some people think that it's great. Some people think that it's complete crap. Um, I'll ignore that one for now because it's not one that I've really used to self-diagnose. The one that I use for myself the most is the subjective pen and paper Braverman test. Uh, Dr. Eric Braverman was a uh, clinical psychologist. Uh, he wrote the book, The Edge Effect, uh, and it's all about uh, optimizing brain function. Um, if you Google Braverman test PDF, it will come up. It's like the first thing on Google. I'll put a link to you guys. Uh, I'll put a link to that on the show notes for you guys listening. So all you have to do is go to naturalstacks.com. When you look at the blog post for this one, uh, that'll be in the link, uh, links and resources section. Um, you can print that test out. It's, it's a bunch of yes or no questions. The, the test is in two parts. The first part of the test tells you what your nature is. So he broke it down into dopamine, serotonin, GABA, and acetylcholine. And the test sort of, uh, it tells you what your nature is. That's part one. Part two tells you if you have any deficiencies. Um, you know, so again, this isn't me or natural stacks or anybody trying to tell you where you're deficient. This was something that Dr. Braverman actually used in his practice. Um, and when I take that, it tells me that I'm either dopamine or acetylcholine. Um, those are my dominant natures. They were like, one of them was like 35. The other was 33. Um, so what I have found in talking to a lot of people who have also taken this test is that, so somebody like me who, who is dopamine dominant, I tend to be like that type A on the go, very driven sometimes like drive myself into the ground and I tend to respond well taking something that kind of slows me down and uh, kind of brings me back into balance, if you will. Uh, And and for me, that would be serotonin brain food. I probably take serotonin brain food 10 times as frequently as I take dopamine brain food uh, because 
like I said, I'm, I'm dopamine in sort of my nature. Uh, that's, that's sort of how my brain is wired. So I don't know that it's necessarily a male female thing as much as it is an individual thing. And, and I would suggest, you know, for anybody listening to, if you haven't taken the Braverman test, look into that. It's, it is subjective. It's not hundred percent accurate, but it's free and you can take it in 10 or 15 minutes and sort of get a glimpse into not only what your nature, your default setting is, but also in that part too, you can see if you have any, uh, you know, immediate or acute deficiencies and, you know, he, he outlined some ways to, you know, sort of bring up those areas that are deficient. Now, obviously that's something that has, uh, that's been a, a sort of a big player in the way we designed the brain food line. Um, and, you know, I think, I think understanding your, your own nature and how you tick is an important thing for, for any aspect of health. Um, but yeah, especially, yeah there's definitely no specific, uh, I mean, you can't brush everybody with a, a, a one broad stroke, but, uh, yeah, definitely. That sounds great. I'm going to look into that Braverman test. That's something that will help my patients determine what they need better as well. Yeah. And I guess just, just to sort of finish that, I mean, I've talked to a lot of people who tend to be serotonin dominant in their nature and they do well. Those, those tend to be the people who really like taking dopamine brain food. Uh, so, so what I have noticed anecdotally is that the neurotransmitter sort of opposite of your dominance is kind of the one that brings you, I don't want to say back into balance because then that sounds like I'm saying natural stacks products help you balance your neurotransmitters. But you know, that's kind of, uh, that's what I've seen through anecdotal, uh, conversations. Sounds good. Yeah. I mean, what I like about your products is you're not giving things that are specifically the neurotransmitters you're giving the body what it needs and the building blocks and that's that's consistent with my philosophy is that you give it what it needs it uses what it needs and it builds its own levels right so you're not creating any dependencies you're creating the foundation you're giving it the tools it needs in all senses correct correct all, right. all of the brain food products are um excuse me they're just providing vitamins minerals and, and amino acids that are precursors to those specific neurotransmitters yeah um the only exception to that would be gaba brain food which actually does contain gaba uh, but it has some other things in there that actually help gaba cross the blood-brain barrier which it does not do particularly well uh, without the ingredients that are in gaba brain food awesome yeah um dr burke where can our listeners get more of you uh, yeah, there's a few sites. I mean, we have our website. Main site is woodbridgechiropractor.ca. Uh, you can find us on Facebook as uh, Atlantis Wellness Center. And the book is on Amazon. So Back to Health is on Amazon. So definitely anybody looking for a concise way to figure out what's going on in my philosophies and, and the implementation tools that we give, that would be the best way to read more. Okay. Excellent. And then the final question, the one that every guest has to answer, we want to know your top three tips to live optimal. Top three. Uh, well, I got to start with the most important thing to me is your nervous system, taking care of your spine uh, and your autonomic nervous system. As we've discussed today, there's nothing better than that uh, as far as the master system being in tune. So chiropractic, finding a good chiropractor. Um, Secondary would be, you know, one, one thing that's transformed my life lately is to eat more fats. Uh, you know, it's something that 
uh, you know, it's just a, to this day and age why we're in this situation where fats are vilified. Uh, your brain health, your 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 products, the omegas, the krill oil, the MCTs, grass-fed meats, fish, wild fish, those kind of things, getting back into the way we're supposed to be eating. And thirdly would be to be what we call above the atlas, address your headspace, you know, really how are you coming at your life from your state of your, your beingness, your presence, your gratitude, you know, everything stems from that. It's how, where's your headspace now? Where are you looking to go? Create a map for your life and, and go the direction of your dreams. All right. I love that one. But for somebody yeah. who, who didn't take anatomy, uh, why do you say above the atlas? Uh, it's the first bone in our neck. So we're talking the top of the spinal column. And what's above that is your headspace. So fix that subluxation above the atlas. That's how I like to look at it. Beautiful. All right. Yeah. Dr. Berg, this has been amazing. Um, for you guys listening, go to naturalstacks.com. You'll be able to see the blog post for this show with the studies, the links, the resources, the Braverman test, all that stuff will be on there. Um, make sure you guys share this episode on social media, tag us in it. We'll pick two winners next week and we'll get you autographed copies of Dr. Burke's book and go to iTunes, leave us a five-star review. Let us know how much you like the OPP. When we read your review on the air, we will hook you up with a cool care package as a way of saying thank you and helping you on your way to living optimal. Uh, Dr. Burke, thanks for being here today and sharing some of your expertise with us. Thank you, Ryan. It's been an honor. Thank you.